Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good afternoon. Wow, that feels weird. Good afternoon. Welcome to Axel Millwall. <laughs> we usually record it in an evening, but we uh, we decided to give you a bit of an early afternoon edition. So we're, we're, we're going to be hopefully pushing it out earlier as well, Nick. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, my name's Aaron Paul. This is Axel Mill, the real Millwall fan show. Joining me this evening, the daddy himself, Mr. Nick Hart. Greetings, dear listeners. Um, <laughs> And uh, well, the, the the January transfer window may have shut, but the news shopper have made an additional signing, and it's uh, it's a man himself, our new signing as well, Ryan Loftus, mate. It's been a good old few few weeks for you, pal. Yes, yeah, not too bad. I've uh, much like Barcelona signing that player from Leganes. I think I'm the the injury <laughs> replacement for the new shopper as uh, Frankie Castillo <laughs> goes on to bigger and better things, and I'm a late buy. <laughs> oh, let's 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 hope you can make an impact, pal. Um, let's look back at Preston North End nil, Mill one. Now, like the scale of this victory, it feels enormous, guys. Yeah, major. Um, I mean, I watched it. I couldn't get up there, unfortunately, um, various reasons, family reasons. So I couldn't get up there, but um, watched it on iFollow, and it was a massive performance. I mean, we had a wobbly start. That's the the only um, speck in the, uh, you know, in the ointment, so to speak. Uh, first 15 minutes, I thought we were in for a, a hard afternoon. But gradually, bit by bit, as the afternoon wore on, we, we just took control of, of the game. And, you know, it, it really was a strong performance. I, I'm trying to think of the, the right superlative, sorry, because the season's got a long way to go yet, but it did feel like a turning point. I don't know if you felt the same, Ryan. I mean, yeah, it was, it was odd because... Um... Like you say, it was such it was such a good performance. And obviously, yeah, wobbly start, and you did think maybe first ten minutes, oh, what are we in for? But it was it it was the ease with which we kind of went on mm. to dominate the game, and obviously only winning one nil could have been more. But like you say, it's, it is beating sixth place. It pulled us right back into it off, off the back of a few weeks and the, like not getting a win in four four games or so, where it feels like the season maybe was petering out. Maybe we were just too far away, but beating the sixth place side away from home pulls us straight back in and with such a, an impressive performance it reminded me a lot of the Reading game where we just 
it, it was just so much ease for so much of it, and obviously only getting the one goal. But the comp, like the players, just didn't even seem to break a sweat, really. And, no, uh, Preston came in with a fairly strong home record. I haven't got the figures to hand, but um, one of the things that I did pick up on was that they're, they're very strong at home. And you know, as you say, we we just took them apart. It was it was wonderful to see. And you, I, I, I kept wondering when the uh, when the spell would would would, would break. You know, when when the normal service would be resumed. But it, I, I felt with the Bradshaw miss. Yeah, we again we've got a thing about skimming the top of crossbars at the moment, and he managed to skim the top of the crossbar on the break. I thought my Maybe that was that was the chance gone again, yeah. um, and that was a shame. I would like to have seen uh, Tom Bradshaw get the piano off his back and get a goal and get back in amongst it because we know what a good finisher he is. But um, no, we, we we plugged away, we plugged away, we kept at it, and then when the chance did fall at the end to to Sean Hutchinson, you know, it was it was just something that by some measures you might say that was a scrappy goal. It was, it was a difficult chance, put away well. I, I, Hats off to hats off to him for for executing that. I thought it was a brilliant um, performance overall. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, Storm Dennis sort of subsided as well, which was which was good. But a massive three points against a Preston team who are picking up a lot of plaudits. I mean, Alex Neal and Anka really picking up a lot of plaudits, and everyone seems to be um, you know fancying them for sixth position. Um, but you know, I think this will uh, this win really keeps sort of Mill in it. Well, there was a bit of talk about Gary Rowett. I mean, on online, everyone's uh, bipolar, aren't they? That you know, the, the Mill support swing from we're either Barcelona or we're, um, we're you know, we're Barnet or something. You know, we, we, there's no in between with with with, with a lot of uh, fans you read online. And we had some tough games. We had a tough result at Leeds, um, a poor game in in retrospect at Sheffield Wednesday, and then a poor, very poor game against West Bromwich Albion. And there was just a bit of talk that maybe. You know that the, the, there's an emperor's new clothes quality to Gary Rowett, and maybe he's not the um, the tactician that that some some felt he was. But I was just reading um, some comments on news at Dem with Alex Neil, Preston's boss, um, but he, he describes it's quite an interesting read. He describes the tactical reasons as to why Mill took a stranglehold on the game last Saturday, and it's quite interesting to see because. You know, Gary Rowett went for a tough phase a, a little bit there himself where mistakes were made. Team selections maybe weren't the correct ones in hindsight, but he got it bang on on Saturday. And to read that, uh, the, uh, the interviews with Alex Neal, I think it's just it's, it's an enlightening, um, you know, experience to read it because you think actually that was that was a really strong tactical, well-worked-out away plan. There's another statistic, just before I let Ryan have a go. Um, good good brand statistics. Uh, nine wins in 20 games with Gary Rowett as, as uh, male, male manager. Four wins in 10 away games. Um, previously, we had nine wins in 44 games, as against 20, and four away wins in 34. These, you know, I'm not a big one for stats, but those, those do their own talking, don't they? Yeah, I think the, the improvements there on paper, I mean, it's on the pitch as well, but on paper you can see it really does uh, kind of put in a stark contrast, really, of how well we're doing. And like you say, Alex Neal's comments, I think a lot of people, he got a lot of plaudits from Millwall fans online for um, just how frank and honest he was, to be honest, a bit like how Gary Rowett's been, you know. Alex yeah. Neal's a really good manager and he isn't, he isn't really a nonsense talker and he's got a really good Preston side together for no money and is quite clearly a good manager. And I think, yeah, the fact that he holds his hand up and says Gary Rowett kind of out-tacticked him in that one. I mean, it was, we've gone back to the 5-2-3 and I think that is our, our strongest formation and it's it's just working well. I think 
it is hard for teams to play through that. I thought it was interesting that it was a bit like the, the Bristol City away game when we won that one. And obviously, we're 2-0 up and Bristol City get the goal back and then it's all backs against the wall. Mm. This one, there was none of that against as good a side at home or well, a better side at home. At no point, you know, we're 1-0 up with 10 minutes to go and no one in the team was thinking we should sit back a bit, let them build up and we'll just hold on to this. There's none of that attitude. And I think that's confidence from the players, confidence that the players have in the manager. The manager then obviously changing up, putting three in the midfield, leaving two up front, played for a bit of time without a striker. He just knows how to manage these games and manage these situations. And the squad seems so much more mature. I mean, even when Adam Barrett was in charge for the three games, the Brentford collapse, the 3-2. Yeah. It's still, everyone still, they had that sort of air of the, the old problems of 2-0 up and just panic. And this team just seems so much more mature now. Obviously, it happened against Leeds, but that was a, a difficult game. But they just have that maturity and that confidence in themselves where they don't need to panic. They don't need to hold on to wins anymore. And you can really see it on the pitch. One of your five things that we learned um, uh, for the you did for the new shopper, Ryan, um, you identified a five five two three or I, I never know. Is it three five two five two three? How, there's I think I, with I, Millwall I, it's a discernible <laughs> five at the back. I think it's debatable when it's Chelsea doing it and you've got maybe a winger playing somewhere. I think Millwall it's Romeo and Murray Wallace. It's definitely a five. But you identify that as, as one of the five things we learned and that the, the point being that that's the formation that's bringing us the most success. And that's where if we are going to challenge over the remaining um, 14 games is it, in the in the season, that's the uh, 13 games there. Um, that's going to be the, the style and the tactics that's, that's yeah. going to get us there. Yeah, I think the, the last couple games where we've gone four at the back, you can see kind of the holes in it. Obviously, we played, I think, four at the back against... Wednesday, four at the back against um, West Brom as well. And we just look a bit, we look a bit more ropey at the back, even though we, yeah. didn't, we weren't yeah. that bad. Obviously against Wednesday, they, they didn't create too much. But I think it actually, weirdly, having the five at the back helps us attacking a lot more. It's um, the players, like, I, I find it quite interesting. I was, I was watching the game, actually, on my iFollow with uh, my girlfriend sat next to me watching something begrudgingly on her phone. <laughs> I was trying, to, I, try my best, I try my best to get romantic fool, Ryan. Oh, so Saturday afternoon, I told her I'd take her out the evening. Um, it's, uh, and I'm trying to get her to pay a bit of attention. And I'm seeing, look here, oh, Jed Wallace drift central, so Romeo can overlap. And Rome, like every time you see it 10, 15 times a game, it's Jed picking up the ball in a central area and feeding Romeo on the overlap. I mean, she looks at me and just says, I don't care. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Which I think, is, I think it's rude, to be honest. It's, interesting, like, it's The system helps our attack so much more. We attack so much better with that back five, with Romeo pushing forward. Jed has more effect in the middle. And I think we won't be able to go back to a back four, really, until Thompson's back from injury and can play with the striker. Because the 4-4-2 doesn't quite work. Smith isn't a starter for me in terms of, we just look slow when he starts. Oh, I agree. Always yeah. take something out of the team. I think if you've got Thompson back and you can play Woods and Malumbi or Malumbi and Williams or a combination of them with Thompson in front of them, maybe we look a bit more dangerous going forward. But for now, the back five is definitely secure at the back and gives us a better chance going forward. 
we've we've identified Hutchinson already as the goal scorer. Um, but I, and, and but there was a great challenge by Marlon Romeo, which has done the rounds on social media. Yeah. I think the, the, the club put out the clip. It's a fantastic challenge, which yeah, you know, in another in another another level, you'd say that's world class defending. I, I, I eat my words. I eat my words, chaps. Well, I was gonna last I was gonna come back to that, Aaron, because we you know we we were had a conversation on last week's show about Marlon and. Um, perhaps it, I don't know how it came across to listeners. Some people thought it was being negative. I, don't, I didn't pick up on it being particularly negative. I just think there's areas that um, Marlon Romeo could improve on because um, um, Gary Rowett seems to agree because um, he did a, an interview with the, uh, again, the News at Den, where he makes the same subject about the areas in which Marlon Romeo can move from being a very, very good championship level defender that gets forward into the top level, which mm. I think he. You know, if, if I was Marlon, I'd be thinking I've got the ingredients to go to that Premier League level at some point in my career. And that's mm. that's he must you know, he must be thinking along those lines. But it's interesting just to come back to your point, Aaron, is that um, I think you criticised him for getting caught in uh, forward positions at times and a little bit naive, I think was the word that you. Yeah that you used and to an extent, I mean, I'm just going to quote Gary Rowe is, is spoken to Marlon about the improvements. If he wants to become a top full back, he's got to add assists and goals to his game, but he does also mention having the right mentality to defend properly. He's a very good defender, which we know, and he is, but now and again, he switches off his concentration. Um, that's not something that comes naturally to him. He seems to let his mind drift a little bit. And I think that comes back to, the point that you were making, Aaron, because that's getting caught out of position and not, you know, and just things just switching off in the moment. The game moves moves fast, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, certainly, I agree with you. Um, I think Rauch sort of wise to 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 mention that to Marlon Romero. I mean, I think everyone sort of got their own uh, chance, if you like, to to prove to him that they're worth, you know, if Mel will go up or not. He's, he will make changes in the summer. And just interestingly enough, Nick, I wanted to um, pick on the league table. And just look at it. Um, I always talk about sort of the split, the split from those who could potentially go out by the playoffs and those who are just not going to go. And I think we're starting to see that split between Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday. Swansea in 11th and 48 points, Sheffield Wednesday on 44 points, and Wednesday in a rotten run of form. Yeah. Really, really poor run of form. They're talking about sacking Gary Monk now as well. But the truth of the matter is the squad is, the squad is just crap. Um, mm. But Swansea, Millwall, Cardiff, Blackburn, Bristol City all sort of very much in it. Um, yeah. I think they will be the teams fighting for that sixth position. Yeah. I mean, looking at the table, that would be the the logical conclusion. Um, I mean, I think we've got to be realistic. Um, you know, we, I think the the description on, uh, I read some of it on the coattails of the, of the playoff race. Other teams would probably think themselves to have a better shot at it than we do. So we're in the underdog position, but that's where we like to be. Um, 13 games, Anything's still possible. Um, and if, the, if we can recapture the spirit and form that we showed up there at Preston, and I'm starting this Saturday at, at Wigan, anything is possible. And we've got some big games ahead of us as well. Um, do you fancy us, Ryan? Do you think, do you think we've got the, um, the ammunition um, in the Arsenal? I'm not sure. I, I still think we are a, a bit of quality short, but then I, I wouldn't say that necessarily rules us out to get in the playoffs I think it is like we saw I think someone put up a picture of the table at this stage last season and yeah. Villa were in 10th about 15 points off the playoff and obviously they ended up getting promoted with their unbeaten run towards the end of the season like it can change so quickly in the championship and like you say there's six teams going for one spot 
it's just it's almost going to be about who doesn't drop points rather than where you're picking them up. It's it's so tight to call. I think we we don't lose many games. I'm just looking now. I think Cardiff are the only ones who've lost less than us by one. We all we need to do is start converting draws into wins, really. And I think Thompson coming back from injury, the team kind of taking shape under Rowett, the longer he's being there. And like you say, we've got easier games than we have had coming up. You know, yeah. a lot of the bottom half of the sides. And I feel like with Millwall, it's always been, like you said about that underdog mentality, I always fancy us against bigger teams. And if we go to the lower teams, we'll just be awful. But with Rowett, I feel like, again, we've got that maturity and we've got that confidence where we all should go to an 18th place whoever and get a 2-0 win or we should play a relegation candidate at home and win I mean we didn't against Barnsley obviously but I feel like we have that kind of wiliness and that that self-assurance about the team now where these are the sort of games where we would be back in the team to pick up wins and that's just going to keep putting us higher and higher up the table I know a lot of the teams in and around the playoffs have got to play each other they've got to play top two teams and it's it's I mean it's going to change the league so much I mean I, I think whoever gets in the playoffs the last four will be quite a shock you know Forest could drop their form off a cliff and drop out a bit completely like they're not safe it's, it's hard to tell but I think Millwall are definitely in with a shout goal scoring is going to be the the key I mean everyone above us and including Swansea which is which is um the other team in Aaron's split there so Swansea just won place below us but they've only scored one more goal but apart from that um, everyone else has scored a decisive eight or nine goals more and more goals than we have so yeah it, it comes back to the ability to put the ball in the net um, we've mentioned Tom Bradshaw I really wanted him to get that goal on on, on Saturday for many reasons but one of them being that uh, it'd be nice to see him firing on all cylinders at the business part of the season as it as it approaches mm-hmm. um We've also got the mystery man, the, uh, the 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 missing man, Mason Bennett, who um, you know we've we've yet to see, and we've yet to really know what kind of role he'll play in in, in the season. But um, anything that improves our chances of getting goals has to be a good thing. I wonder if we'll see him, if we see him, in, in, you know, as a bit part player on Saturday. Even he's he seems to be struggling, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's arrived and not been seen since. You know. It's injuries with him, isn't it? It's I think he came injured or he'd been out Fitness, for most think, of the season yeah. so far with Derby and uh, arrived supposedly fit again, but obviously not quite fit again. So hopefully it's just uh, it's not something that's going to keep coming up. It's been a problem he's had his whole career, so it might do. He maybe he'll won't play a game because he'll be out the whole time. Hopefully, like you say, he can feature in the squad soon and uh, make an impact because I think he, I think his skill set will help. I think that left-wing position, Bodvarsson's been really improved. I think a lot of people have commented on how Bodvarsson has definitely He played well Saturday, last. I thought. Yeah. Played well, and he played well against Fulham as well, I think. Um, and so, you know, that left-wing position is up for grabs still. Mahoney's not made it his own. O'Brien's not. Galak seems to be completely out of the picture now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Bennett, you know, with Bradshaw maybe lacking a bit of form, you move Bodvarsson up front, you put Bennett on the left. It's there's there's a gap there that he's obviously been brought in to fill, and that he just needs the the fitness to get half an hour on the pitch, and you know, we'll get a late winner or set up a goal or something just to kick start it. Because like I say, now it's, it, he's gone missing, and it's obviously not through fault of his own, but no, the longer no, but... he goes on without featuring in a squad, the more people are like, why did we sign this guy? 
what's the point of him being here? So if he doesn't get in the squad soon, doesn't get fit soon, people will be turning on him before he's even had a chance to kick a ball. Achtung, Milbal. How much of a, a, a miss is sort of Ben Thompson? For me, I think, again, I've said it constantly, I think he's one of the, if not the best number 10 sort of in the championship. His creativity is like different class. I mean, what a, you know, a sort of brilliant addition he could be. If you can bring him back for sort of the last 10 games of the season, if you like, he, he could be the difference between, you know, sort of nestling into them playoff positions and missing out. Yeah, he, he'll be really important. I think, I think, like I said earlier, I think Ben Thompson coming back in will mean we, we can go back to a back four and still have an attacking threat. I think at the moment, I don't see where he fits in in this formation because obviously when Raul came in before he got injured, he um, was kind of like playing him on the left a bit and it wasn't quite working. In the midfield too, you need a bit more security there. But I think Ben Thompson in, playing a lower, a lower half of the table side, it would be perfect. And like you say, he's got that spark, he's got that passion, the sort of thing you need in a playoff push last 10 games of the season. And he, he'll be big coming back in, I think. And he'll be keen because he knew how big this season was for him and he's missed so much of it unfairly. Um, he'll be he'll be chomping at the bit, I think, to get in. Just reading, he's been given the okay to resume training. Um, mm. on, on you know reported today, um, and the, the the piece says here he could be back in contention for next month. So uh, games in March possibly might start featuring Ben Thompson. I suppose we'll also see an increased presence for for Ryan Leonard now, who's also starting. He came on again late in the game on on uh, on Saturday, didn't he? Um, so, you know, we, we are starting to see, hopefully, a reasonably full-strength squad just when we need it the most as you get down to these last, you know, last 13 games. So, I, I, I think anything's possible. I, 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 there's no reason why we can't get a, a, a run going. There's, there's absolutely no reason why this can't come together. I think we do struggle against lower place sides, but yeah, there's so much at stake. If we can get a run and we can sneak into that sixth spot, you know the, the 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 world is our oyster, as as, uh, as what's the the Del Boy quote? It's not the world is the oyster, is it? It's uh, something else. But anyway, <laughs> the, the that, world that opens famous up. quote. Yeah, famous quote. <laughs> I can't think of. In fact, that was one of your five points, Ryan. Uh, the season isn't over yet. The right formula being five two three. Hutchinson is back. He's back to his his, his strength of his player of his season, which was a uh, season before last, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Missing marksman, you've you've astutely picked up the fact that we're not um, scoring enough goals. But most of all, and one thing I just want to mention before we close out on Saturday is the um, is is the loyalty of the fans that went up there for Preston. That was an awful day to be travelling. Storm Clara was doing the rounds, and there's a really nice touch because the club sent letters to everyone to say, um, "Well done, thank you." Uh, for was it Clara or Dennis, Nick? Dennis, Dennis, this Dennis. Dennis, that's the one. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah. I've, I've lost, lost track of so many storms. I put Clara on my notes, listeners. That shows how out of touch I am. Well, that was gone the week before. Was it? Yeah. Storm Dennis. But anyway, Storm, um, three points was worth it and the travelling support made themselves heard. So well done to everybody and well done the club for that nice little touch. It was, um, you know, th- these are the small things that make a big difference. Yeah, I think all the players as well and Rowett have been quite vocal about how good the support has been and how much it's appreciated, obviously. Um you can see it, it makes a genuine impact and it's nice for the club like say to do something like that after a really bad weekend i think a lot of people affected getting home from the game especially one one interesting conversation if i can throw it in aaron it's an interesting thing with um gary Rowe about mills policy towards referees mm-hmm. um 
is one of the, is one actually I was talking about this is one of my random subjects at some point. But you you tend to fall into the trap of always going on about the worst parts of modern football, and I think there's a it gets a bit boring always going on about the worst of everything. So I've, I've avoided the worst um, to to an extent this week. But anyway, this this was one of the things I hate in the modern game, apart from the length of time it takes to reform after scoring a goal. That's another subject. Maybe I will mention that another day. But um, is the is the modern thing of surrounding the referee, um, you know, and badgering the referee. It's um, it's it's one thing that I don't like to see. But interesting, the Mill have a policy on this, and he, uh, Gary Rowe says he doesn't encourage the players to put pressure on the referee as a strategy. Um, instead, he leaves it to the likes of Alex Pierce, Sean Hutchison, and Jake Cooper to do the talking as the senior players. Um, hopefully, that also avoids disciplinary issues with red, uh, yellow cards and possibly reds. I suppose if you're one already being shown. I just thought it's an interesting. Uh, line to take because um, I think we have become more uh, we've shown more nous in the way we manage games the phrase I hate but that's that's what we'll call it under Gary Rowett but it's, it's interesting he doesn't encourage his players to surround the referee badger them and possibly draw city yellow cards when they're not needed yeah I think um, like you say people surrounding referees especially in the Premier League with VAR now it's uh do you think? Do you think that's the correct stance, Ryan? I mean, you're 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 a child, yeah. of, the modern, child of the modern era. Um, no, and... I can't. I can't stand the badger in the referees. I mean, it's it's a bit of. Uh, I think someone made a comment. Obviously, this is off the back of the uh, the former revelations of. Uh, I can't remember. Sarcastic, who it was. sarcastic yeah. comments. Yeah. Where it is the whole thing of football players. You know, they they cl- like football fans are a bit bad at it as well, of giving players abuse, and then as soon as a player like chirps back at them, they're kind of clutching their pearls. And, oh my God, how dare that football player speak his mind? Like, so if you're abusing a ref for ninety minutes, if he turns around and gives you one yourself, you've kind of only got yourself to blame. But um, no, I think as the club, like you say, it's, it is a good policy in terms of just leave it to the senior players. I mean, refs get enough abuse from the fans at Millwall without the players jumping in on top of it. And they probably wouldn't help themselves. And like you say, you might pick up unnecessary yellow cards, unnecessary grief that you don't need from the FA, from the EFL. Let's be fair. The the league have been known to be jobs worth at some point. So, you know, you just never know. You never know when when they're going to chuck something down on you. And it could come back to bite you when when you, you sort of least need it. Exactly. So I think it's just a matter of have your players to be mature who just... <clears throat> walk away in that sort of situation just don't get involved you don't need it I always hate it when we're playing teams who are just in the ref I tell you what actually from the Preston game Ben Pearson their centre mid I, I would love him in my team I think he's an excellent player but I hate him for how much he just I remember <laughs> last year when we played Preston being at, the, being at the game and he was just in the ref's ear for 90 minutes constantly and you just felt like the ref just turned around and just told him fuck off and just shut up because it is incessant <laughs> and it must be so irritating. You're trying to referee a football match and you've got this five foot six long haired guy just whining at you for 90 minutes. <laughs> it's one of those things that, yeah, I can't stand it. But who was the Fulham player? Was it um, Harry Arter? Harry Arter who wouldn't walk off by the shortest distance, would he? Because yeah. he, was, he was getting stick from the crowd. Uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. Shall we move along to our random subjects of the week? Yeah, Aaron. this one has been um, particularly popular. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I mean, for me, it's a question I get asked pretty much all the time. Uh, best ground and worst. Um, and it's a really difficult one because I think everyone looks at grounds sort of from a different perspective. Do you look at it for facilities, for parking, for pies, uh, for atmosphere, for, for leg room? What, what, do you, what do you look at? Um, Nick, what do you? How do you? How do you sort of assess a ground? Well, this, this, before I go into mine, I'll come back to mine after we've run Harry's, Michael's, and the two mics. Actually, let's run their pieces first, and I'll I'll answer your question as soon as the boys are done. Achtung, Milbein. Uh, hello everyone and the worst grounds that I've been to are two well one is still very much in use but the other one is no longer in use thankfully um, the one that is no longer in use was the Whitdean Stadium um, Brighton and Hove Albion's old ground um, I remember going there once I can't remember well I went there more than once but I remember one particular game where in the away end we scored up the far end of the pitch and we were unable in the driving rain, open stadium, no roof, um, to only make out that Millwall were taking the lead through the moan and groans of the Brighton fans to the right of us. Um, that was a terrible ground, a million miles away from Brighton. You'd expect it to be near Brighton, but absolutely miles away and not a very good day out, even though we won. Um, the next worst ground that is still in use that I think needs to be brought up is Gillingham's ground, which is a shambles. It is a Meccano, Sabutio type stadium. Always seems, I mean, the last time we went there was when we went up in League One and we basically nicked a draw in the last couple of minutes with a Morrison show, late show. Um, but... A draw or a win, I can't remember really. They all fade into one there. But, um, yeah, again, there I've been with no roof and got pissed down the rain on. I think the last time I went there, it was in bright sunshine, thankfully. But I hate stadiums with no roof, I think, is the one over-the-top thing to take out of this. All right, come on, you Lions. So, hello, everyone. This is Michael Avery uh, for the Real Millwall Fan Show. Uh, the best and worst ground. So I think for me, we'll start with the positives. 
uh, the best ground that I'd been to. I know a lot of people will say um, either of the Wembleys for those who was at the auto windscreen final and um, the numerous playoffs and FA Cups um, or even the Millennium Stadium. But I'm going to go with a league fixture or a league-ish fixture, if you will. Um, I'm going to go for Huddersfield Town away as a stadium. Um, I think it's quite a nice ground. When I went there, it was the John Smith Stadium. I'm not sure if that's still what it's called now but a nice stadium it might have helped that it was uh, the summer as well it was around april may time so the sun was shining brightly birds were singing and we had a lovely reception by our northern uh, police force who uh, who were very very uh, accommodating on their horses but no a very very nice stadium i liked it and i think that year they even won best program at the football league awards as well so that was a good read on the coach home um for worst stadium i will Hmm, interesting. I think a lot of people obviously will go to Luton Towns because um, that's an absolute carsy and perhaps maybe even Leighton Orient to a degree with the sort of wooden chairs. Uh, I vividly remember in the 2009 and 2010 seasons we went and most of the people falling through then that's how old and moulded they were. Um, but for me, I'm actually going to go for Charlton Athletic for a ground that um, at the time, late 90s, early 2000s, was a Premier League stadium was a was wasn't good at all in the away end um and yeah a bit cramped not the very nicest of bars and yeah was Charlton in it come on your lines hello listeners Ziri Skalak here uh this is my best and worst grounds we'll start with the worst um so with this I'm thinking just absolute shit old grounds maybe some bad experiences um a couple to name probably firstly I would say Kenilworth Road Luton um it's like walking back in time when you go to Luton Town isn't it in the sort of 60s or 70s not that I was even born um it is a very strange place and and a shocking ground another one Exeter City St James's Park, which is open to all of the uh, weather, um, got nice and wet down there one year. I remember the uh, toilet is almost—it's like walking down sort of your granddad's path in his garden to a a mouldy old shed, which is the away fans' toilets. Um, worst, I've gone for the Memorial Stadium, Bristol Rovers. It's just a mismatch of stands. Um, you know, behind the goal, you seem to have something which looks like it's being held up with scaffolding. The away fans part is just this small little terraced area with a porter cabin for a toilet. You, you, you don't have a good view of the game because you can see sort of the left-hand side, right, but right, it just seems like it's almost sort of blocked off. Um, and it's just a very odd place. Um, best ground, I mean, I, in the den, I can't say any more than the den in regards to atmosphere. So I've gone for maybe facilities. And with that, I'll, I've gone Rico Arena, although not being used by Coventry at the moment. Obviously not a great atmosphere in there. But away fans facilities, remember, you know, a couple of nice little... Uh, places to to get a pie or a pre-match beer good selection of beer important maybe a nice craft in there um, and they also had a nice little touch of showing Millwall one Swindon nil in the playoff final and I remember a nice little cheer going up when Paul Robinson poked home um, facilities wise that was that was uh, pretty cracking Achtung, so just to 
answer your point, Aaron. I've, I've, one of the things, whenever I pose these random questions on the WhatsApp group, listeners, I, I often get Mike. I've noticed Mike, Mike, Mike Hayden is a great one for wanting clarification as to <laughs> as, as to what I want. Um, and I, I like to leave it open because I quite enjoy the randomness, literally randomness of the answers. And it can be anything. And, and Aaron's point earlier on about is it facilities? Mm, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Is it like an emotional connection to it, which is um, possibly as, as, as valid as anything else? Or it can be some other, you know, some other reason plucked from the air. It, it, it varies from person to person. I mean, my my choice, which I put on the group the other day, I, I, and I think I stuck it on Twitter, actually, is the, the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, which is maybe a slightly odd choice because it's, in some ways, it's just a, an identical modern stadium. I quite like it. In fact, you're fairly close to the pitch, so it felt quite quite nice in that way it's a large is it 80,000 70,000 I can't remember what its Mm. capacity is um but it's in the city centre it was a lovely day out when we went there for the the cup final in 2004 um on an emotional level it meant a lot to me personally for reasons that um you know to do with my life at that point and it was just it was just a beautiful stadium and also we had a great view of the pitch and but for Cristiano Ronaldo we may have won the cup so, you know, um, there it is. That was my, my choice. I mean, and the worst is always going to come down to uh, shittiness, isn't it? You know, it's always yeah. going to come down to um, grim grimness. And I, I went for Wimbledon's old Plough Lane Stadium, which um, we, we never seemed to play well there. It was always a mare of a drive to get over there, mare of a place to park. And then you stood on a on a, what the one decent uh, terracing in the ground with an electric pylon over the top of you. And, you know, and the goal always seemed to be right down at the other end of the, of the pitch, usually from a scramble. And you could make out what happened or whose who's backside it had gone in the net off, off of. And it's never our, never on, on our favour either. So that was my choice. Um, we've got quite a few. What about yours, Aaron? What's, what's, what's your... your oh, um, it's such what's a your... tough one. <laughs> Based on it, based on any criteria like, I mean, I don't impose rules, listeners. Everyone wants the, the, rules. The, I'm not a rule-based bloke, you know. Na- naturally, naturally, I, I I look at um, the media facilities and and sort of you know what my what my options are um, when I go to a ground. So obviously, you know, some sort of the new build, um, you know, you know the the new new build sort of luxury yeah. and your arsenals etc. are nice, but I don't like them. No. I like a traditional ground. Now I got bashed for saying Craven Cottage when the last time we did this. So I change it up and say that I love Nottingham Forest. I, there's just something I like about Forest. I absolutely I like Forest. Yeah. love yeah. going to the City Ground. It's such a brilliant venue um, for football. Really atmospheric. You know when when they're singing, like they make a lot of noise, um, and and it's good. Um, that's up there. Um, yeah, that that that's probably the right. one that stands out for me. But, I mean, I, I like the city ground. I do like that. And right next door to the cricket ground, you get a sense of grandeur. It's it's, it's a it's a it's a major venue. You know, mm-hmm. this is a proper football ground. So I I, I, I like. Funny enough, one ground I've never been to, and I, it's on my my bucket list, is to get over the river and go to Meadow Lane for Notts County. I've never been yeah, to Notts County. Uh, strangely, maybe, maybe we should do it on an international break weekend. Go up there just from Notts County. Going yeah, up, up. why not? We'll, we'll yeah, that would be up. interesting. I've never been, and and Notts County, obviously the oldest football uh, football league club, I believe. Um, yeah. 1962. Yes. So, 
and and the, and the team that gave Juventus their black and white stripes. So well worth yes. a trip up there. So maybe we'll do that. I, I mean, there's one that I'm going to mention, which is Portman Road, and I mentioned Portman Road because yeah, of, you mentioned that, didn't you? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very creepy. Like, <laughs> it's very weird. you always I, say this. I, I always I imagine know, Fred, you know the worst Fred thing and Rose West live next door to it. And stuff. Maybe. Don't <laughs> ask any football reporter, football commentator, football journalist, and ask them if they find Portman Road creepy, and they'll they'll probably go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's as if it's like time stood still. You go in there, and there's <laughs> pictures of like the former owners of the club all over the wall, and they're all like, you know. They're all like sort of wearing, um, you know, Victorian era dress and whatnot, and it's just creep. It's just weird. Like the stand is just, it's just the way it's done. Oh, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like Portman Road. It creeps me out. But the blandest of the bland, the blandest of the bland, the beigest of the beige, has to be Priestfield. Like the people are so nice. <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you, that is one bland ground. I mean, just. It's a very strange little place. It's, it's, it, it is. Well, the owner, Paul, Paul Scally, had a, a plan to, uh, when, when we were members of the European Union listeners a, a while ago, he had a plan to launch it as a kind of like a semi-European club, drawing support from northern France across yeah. the channel, uh, going to Gillingham as this kind of revamped, relaunched super club in Kent. Ah, oh, Jean-Pierre, where are you going today? Oh, <laughs> going to Gillingham. They, they watch the Europa Cup away game at the Gillingham Stadium. Yeah. No, 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 that, no, I'm going to watch <laughs> Gillingham versus Rochdale in League 2. <laughs> but it never happened. It never happened. It's, and that, that, it's been static as a club. It's been static for years. I mean, that, they've got this open end, haven't they? This, this, um, oh, the Brian the temporary away zone. That's been there forever. Um, yeah, I very the odd. I programme down it when I was when the last time I was at Priestfield. <laughs> did, did you lose the programme down it? Yeah, of course I did. It's, it's, prob- it's probably it. still there, mate. It's probably, probably. lodged in. Priestfield was a good call. What about yours, Ryan? What's your, your best in oh, the no, verse, mate? Nick, I just want to say the weird oh. thing, weird thing about Gillingham is, did you know they've got a school built in? No. They've Do got they? a school built into the ground, yeah. So oh. this Paul Scally fella has launched the Gillingham Football Club Free School uh, based at Priestfield. <laughs> and I mean, it's very weird because as a member of the press, obviously we get a certain element of hospitality. But when you are enjoying that hospitality in a classroom, it's just a bit strange. God. That must be around the other side of the ground. I've only ever been to that that end that's at the, no, 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 no. It's, the uh, town end, is it no, called? That end. That end. So you know, you know where, where you have there? that end to the left, you've got something that looks like a block of flats next to it. All it's right. like uh, this sort of light brick building, um, which they've built a school That's in. A school. Wow. Well, right. it's it houses the changing rooms and whatnot, and I presume these were like sort of like um, <laughs> executive suites that never sold. But <laughs> he's, he's opened the school, and it's very weird because you're sitting there eating sandwiches. By the way, blander sandwiches. <laughs> Devon Burnley Jean-Pierre. They have a school built into their European super club. Exactly. But they've got a school there. And like you're sitting there, you're munching on your falafel last time. It was I thought it was turkey and stuffing. It was falafel. Yeah, it was, it was a big mistake. But um it was it was someone's homework on the wall and I was sitting there reading some homework. It's just very odd. What about yours, Ron? I've best, I've best and worst. A, I've got a mixture of uh like you say, it's hard to go for criteria of sort of ground i think my best i wouldn't say this is the best ground because it's a long stretch from it and my, <laughs> my my view is tinted that i i didn't pay for the tickets when i went but i went to watch um i've been to, a, to the emirates a couple times okay. and for how like you know like the kind of cut, cut and paste sort of stadium it is 
the last time I was there was the Monday night game against Leicester. And as a viewing experience, obviously you've got the padded seats, which who doesn't love a padded seat? Yeah, true. Um, but the viewing experience in terms of Monday night under the lights, it was like watching it on TV. And it was a game <laughs> where Ozil had a, his best game in an Arsenal shirt in five years or whatever, set up a goal, scored another. And as a viewing experience of it might be my specific seat of just the height and the angle I was at. It was fantastic. It was spot on. I've never, never ground, been to the Emirates. Never been to the Emirates. As a ground. I've also watched Brazil Island there, which is a bizarre football match. When <laughs> Brazil had it as their kind of adopted European. Yeah, they used to do these touring, touring things, didn't they? Travelling. Yeah. But, um, so that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's my best ground, but that was a very, it did stand out as that night particularly. And I didn't have to pay the 70 quid ticket price. So that, is a big, big result for me. Result, I'm surprised yeah. no one's mentioned West Ham yet because, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I went over Christmas and the gaffes are shambles. It's an absolute mm, I haven't shambles. been yet. No, I haven't favorite. been. I haven't been as a football. I've been to see Guns and Roses there, but that's a bit different, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but I haven't seen any football there. And I've actually been on a, a fun run that finished up inside the, when it was called the Olympic Stadium, I finished, mm. finished up inside. So um, I don't I have a footballing measure by which to judge it. I can't imagine it as a football stadium, particularly. Mm. Um, and it's it's clearly not working because you, you described it eloquently the other day, Aaron, as a, as a poor a poor experience. But I don't mean we... Millwall haven't been there yet, so, um, you know... That's I, I, right. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll visit it next season, I'm sure. What's your um, worst What's your worst run, Ryan? What's, what's the... so, well, I was going to say, my other actual best, I think, would um, was playing more when I was down next to my friend. Torquay? My friend was a okay. Torquay fan, yeah. So we used to get the train down there quite a lot. And... Obviously, for my age, I've not had a lot of experience of uh, terrace, terracing and uh, <laughs> with terraces. But obviously, I, I love going to non-league grounds or lower, like lower down clubs with yeah, terraces. Yeah. It's such a better viewing experience. And uh, play more, I love it. It's uh, every time I go down there, the sport's really good. My worst ones, I think, are again where I was based at uni was Exeter, St James's Park. Never been. Oh, an I like it. An it's absolute cute. disaster of a ground. Nah, half of it nah, is sheet nah. metal. We've got the concrete open away stand. I've been in the home and away stand. Have you? Have you? When, when was the last time you went, Ryan? Um, I would have been 2017. Mate, it's completely been redone. You, you need, it? you need to go and see it. It's actually really nice. I mean, apart from the fact that they stuck me up a ladder. And, 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 and um, I mean, my, my friends used to do video analysis there for the youth team, and uh, oh, he would be up in a little scaffold. Yeah, it's scary. I went up there. I traded places with with a mate from school. I think it was Dickie Davis who started getting all huffy because he he didn't have a spot. And I offered him, look, so look, if you can get me a seat down there, I'll t- I'll, I'll, t- I'll I'll swap you for up there, and we did it. And um, and and yeah, it was um, it was it was good. Achtung. Mailball. Just looking through some of the answers that people have made, and, and we'll run through them in a, in a second. It's interesting, the like we said at the start of the conversation, the criteria, because some people have chosen places like, for example, um, you know, St. James's Park, Exeter, for example, or, you know, others of that ilk. Um, and I don't really knock, um, I don't, you can't knock smaller clubs for having small scale um, terraced setups because that's where they've come from and that's no, that's course. where they're at because i i kind of hate the the identical stadia that you get now and i you know I, I i don't have it in for reading particularly but that's probably the the epitome of the modern out of town um yeah. nice and inverted commas stadium which is is fine but as a as a kind of a viewing experience and as a 
as a means of getting in touch with any kind of soul of football, um, it's, it's it's long gone, isn't it? It's mm. it, you're in a, you're effectively on a retail park with a, with, a, with a stadium. There's many like it. I, I only picked that one out because it came into my mind. Coventry's ground is, is another one that's 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 of that of that kind of type, and yeah. there are many many others. And it's just a shame that that's that's how um, football has, has has taken itself down this kind of. Well, I think. I think a lot of what contributes to making a good ground as well is it's not just about obviously the atmosphere and everything and, and the facilities are, obviously it depends what you want but it's kind of the, the pre-match buzz as well you know when yeah you're, you're walking through some streets and you turn a corner and you can suddenly see the stadium and people are kind of pulling in from different roads and all kind of congregating together like you said, it's kind of like a, a destination like you're pulling into the car park and it's oh there's a cine world a hollywood bowl and a oh mate you know, Frankie oh, and Ben, oh, Frankie and Benny's are always there. I, 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 oh, I Oxford, yeah, <laughs> Oxford, yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, again, that's that's a that's a. Uh, did you ever go to the old ground, Aaron? Man, man, the man, the man, no, man, I never went to the man of ground. Or, or my 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 first recollection of going to Oxford was I was commentating on Wickham Wanderers, and um and and it was they they won a penalty in the 90th minute, and Danny Hilton sent it so high into the ground that uh, out of the ground that it smashed the windscreen of an Audi. Yeah, sorry. Um, because right. one end is just open, isn't it? It's it is. It's waiting development. Fences. It's just fences. That is all it is. I could see my car from my seat, which was which was very sort of like a weird expense. I never went to Oxford. I mean, just going back to Reading, I mean, they, they built the Majeski and it's you can see the logic of why they've chosen the the site. Bang on the M4 junction there. You've got, um, you know, you've got, you've got the ability to tie in with other, other uh, there's, a, there's a hotel there, there's the retail and all the rest of it. But the old ground, Elm Park, um, it was it was a bit like Brighton's Goldstone Ground, very similar in in many respects. Um, it was an old-fashioned football stadium. In in the, the you could walk there from the the railway station. It was it was part of the town, and I think that's what goes missing when these these clubs relocate. You you, you yeah. lose that. Brighton have, have kind of regained it with success by getting into the Premier League, but um, by moving away from the Goldstone Ground and and Reading at Elm Park, you 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 give up who you are slightly, and you become just the. Oh, I don't well, know. It's, it's weird. It's meaningless, like, you know. Football stadiums obviously are these kind of, you know, these big cathedrals for like fans to congregate at. And I think the more they get done up and uh, redeveloped in new ones, it's always, it seems to be from the, the, the people who are making those grounds, it's about the visitors. They really want to impress the people who visit and oh, yeah. look, at, look how nice this is and this is here for you as well. And it's never really about the 15, 20, 30,000 people who are actually going each week. Which is surely that Sta- stadiums are in clubs, though, Ryan. Stadiums are in clubs. This whole idea of having like a proper shiny new ground. Look at uh, Russian Diamonds and um, uh, Darlington as well. Like they built these like proper gigantic new authentic yeah. sold yeah. bowls, and it fucked them completely, completely yeah. and utterly ruined them. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with like a traditional old school. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And, you know, part of me sort of like dies inside when, when one of them, you know, they sort of like consistently disappear. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's one or two that I think, yes, that have to go. York, for example. I mean, you know, they, I'm not, I'm not being no, 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 no. York, York is the Kit Kat Crescent. Oh, is that a new one? Did they move? The, the... No, 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 no. They're, they're oh, Darlington. Feetham's was, Feetham's was, Feetham's was uh, Darlington. Darlington. Sorry, I'm confusing my northern uh, grounds. Um, York was Bootham Crescent, but when it was not been there, not been Kit there. Kat used to be called the Kit Kat Crescent. Mm. Um, but you know that that's one ground I've been to, and I'm like, you know what? It, it probably does just about need to go. But you know, 
there's certain grounds that do, there's certain grounds that don't. I mean, I think we're getting into the sort of the the point of having these venues for multi-purpose sort yeah. of you know, concerts and functions and all whatnot, and, and that's why we're getting them. But ultimately, these smaller clubs, how how do they survive after building such a big stadium? I mean, look at Wimbledon. Look how much money they have to raise to build Plough Lane. Yeah. You're having problems with their, this community stadium. Flipping Valencia have got a half-built ground somewhere in Spain. Literally, it's yeah. half-built. You know, it's it's crazy how, how trying to build these massive grounds just financially cripples clubs. It's losing yeah. sight of who you are and what you're what you're for, basically. I think gentrification, gentrification, and also clubs chasing the dream, as as, as they call it. Um, never rarely ends well if you chase a dream, does it? It always seems to um, spring up your backside somehow. You know. Shall we run through some of the um, some of the responses? We had Let's loads. do it. We had loads, and big thank you to everyone. I'm going to try and capture everyone that responded if i miss you i really apologize but uh, first up um milkev always a a good voice of millwall history shout out milkev Mil- he, he picks uh, villa park and i think i like villa park we've mentioned it already it has it has grandia doesn't it villa park it mm. has mm. presence um of the worst he's picked out layer road colchester which was, was <laughs> long gone now sadly <laughs> long gone that that was something do you know Lair what, Nick? Road. I'm going to pick up on Milwaukee's point about Villa Park. Villa Park's great, but forget Lair Road. Colchester's new ground is a shambles. Yeah, they moved that. That's um. Oh road my! Now, that's the one on the A12, isn't it? The, the Western um, Homes Community yeah, Stadium. That's what it is, I yeah. mean, like it's the fact that it's probably 20% full, 25% full every home game. It's an absolute shambles. Like genuinely, genuinely horrendous ground. Um, Danny Unknown. Um, and I've not been here. I don't know if you've been to Tottenham's new stadium, Ryan. Have you? Are the the no, new version? No, I not haven't. Yet. I do want um, to. And it looks impressive. Have you been there, uh, Aaron? Have you been? I've to been. I've been Spurs? on like media walk around day. Not for a, not for a game. Okay. No, not yet. Not, my not thing. Been. My thing with Tottenham's new one, which I've really liked, which I hope with the Millwall redevelopment they do the same, is the fact how they've kept the like the stands and the dimension of the pitch the same as the old White Hart Lane. So. It looks like when you're watching it on TV, when it's just watching a game, it kind of, if you showed a highlight from five years ago, five, six years ago, the old White Hart Lane, you could almost mistake it for being the same ground because the distance is the same. The seats are kind of laid out to the same. And I really like that they've kept, so they've built this whole new thing around it. But as, as you're watching the game, and I'm sure for the fans, I've got Tottenham friend fans who do, do think they've kept the, the atmosphere as it was. It, it, it just seems the same. They've they've updated this whole modern thing, this whole new shiny impressive yeah. around it. But the actual how it affects the fans on the pitch is the same as it was before. And I think that that's vital. I just love the lane. I mean, the thing about the lane was it was one of them grounds where you know on TV it looks enormous, but when you get there, it's not that big. Yeah. And- of like it's quite tightly packed in and I absolutely loved going there. It's just proper it, football ground. Oh proper, what a what, yeah. I mean as Martin Tyler refers to one of the stately homes of English football, mm. you know, White Hart Lane. And it is it is true. You know, it's a fabulous ground, fabulously designed. Um similar to the bowling ground as well. You know, it was it was it was a proper yeah. it was a theatre of football and I, I yeah, say the same about exactly. the bowling as well. Definitely for me I don't think I'll get that with Tottenham's new ground. I don't like these new, I don't like round grounds. I have this yeah. thing around stadiums. You know, I've lo- that's why, you know what? Props to Liverpool. 
props to Liverpool. They're redeveloping Anfield, which is probably the best thing they could ever do. When they said they were going to move out of Anfield, I was actually a little bit gutted for them. Like I'm gutted for Everton, who were going to move into this move, yeah. sort of this dot, <clears throat> to this space-shaped arena. You yeah. know, it just ruins it. And I think, having studied sort of like engineering and building sort of, you know, um, sound engineering and whatnot, round stadiums make a difference on atmosphere trust me They're, because the sound doesn't have anywhere to go it travels round and round sound needs places to bounce off of and and it's 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 a shame that we're losing all of these one of the things i remember being very impressed with when Millwall moved from Colblow lane to uh to zampa road was and i don't know if this was so much um you know the uh, fluff given to the, the fans but they the the architects said they designed it with acoustics in mind and I, you know, I think in terms of the the noise, I know some of us get romantic about Coldblow Lane, but the noise at the new den or the the den is is fantastic, and it yeah. you know, ha- hands down beats many bigger stadiums, despite having a you know a, a much smaller proportion of the crowd. I, I'm just loving though, boys. Um, Tony L was always a good respondent online, so shout to Tony L. I love his best stadium, the best Scott Stadium in Warsaw. Oh, <laughs> good call, son. Good call, mate. Um, I, the the main attribute of the best Scott was the fact that you came straight out the railway station, straight into the away turn, stars, as I recall. And that that I remember being very impressed by that. But otherwise, um, but that's it. Like you said earlier, it's nice so enough ground. It might yeah. be the one time you went to that ground. It was a great great day, great team performance, things like that. Like there is something about certain grounds that can just grab you at a certain occasion and like you know even the best grounds can be rubbish on a quiet day absolutely it, is, um, it all depends that, on the game and the everything around it the circumstance alcoholic mentions Sunderland don't stadium I've not been to Sunderland so I, 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 it's I, you it's, like it Aaron it's tie up that's what I'm just gonna say there's a tie lot up. of stairs man there's a mm. lot of stairs it's cold it's just yeah the seats were pink last time I went there you know, it was just a bit weird. But I'm yeah. I'm agreeing with Darth Holic on Luton. I mean, yes, you can agree that it has elements of, of shit holery. Yes. But, but I mean, there's something characterful about Luton. Is that there's all you want exactly? It's just <laughs> something about it. It's just something about it I absolutely love. Plus, the burger man outside does half price burgers after the game. What more do you want? Oh, that's ideal. <laughs> You have the same Brentford quality of walking past someone's bathroom to get into a football stand. And the yeah, Hybrid, yeah, it's great. Hybrid used, the old Hybrid used to have a bit of that. You kind of walk down a little alleyway past someone's back garden and there was a football ground behind it. Yeah. Very very odd. Um, Paul, Paul Butler mentions Ibrox, which oh, I've not been to in Glasgow. Um, the Den was apparently based on some of the new stands at Ibrox with a similar, almost the uh, the same format as, as the Den, the, the upstairs-downstairs quality. Um, he doesn't like the identikits, modern stadiums. He mentioned Southampton, which is, again, that's, that's St Mary's, and that's, that's mm. quite an em- empty kind of vibe there. Um, from Facebook, because we do have, I've managed to develop a Facebook presence. So I, I will confess, listeners, I don't really know what I'm doing on Facebook. Um, but Dean Thwaites on Facebook mentions Real Madrid's grounds. Um, the Bernabeu. Have you seen, been there, Ryan? Been to the. Oh, I've not been to the Bernabeu. I've been to the, um, the Allianz Arena in Germany. The in Germany. Munich, yeah. And that is uh, very impressive. But no, I'd like to go to the Bernabeu. Um, the Griffin likes Molyneux. Been to, to uh, Molyneux? Wolves, Aaron? Oh, yeah, oh, many a time. It's sinking, isn't it, Molyneux? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it suffers, know. it suffers from quite bad subsidence. It's a funny one, Molyneux, because it's built into like a crater. 
So there's like a massive ring road round like next to it. And if you look from the ring road, like the, the height of the road is like sort of the roof of the stand level. Right. And um, what you see is, is, is and I'm going to use this word again, for anyone who's listened to Five Live Sport on Saturday, uh, they might have he- heard me use the word centrifugal. Um, but basically, you get a centrifugal effect. And I recall going to, uh, to, to Wolves versus Brentford, the season will smash the championship. Post-match, the uh, groundsman cleared the pitch, you know, mowed it. It was great. And then suddenly, there was literally like a gust of wind and all the shit from the stands just <laughs> sat on the pitch. And he was just crying. He was actually making, like, screaming, like, no! Like, literally, it was hilarious. Because of the location. It's, it's a very strange location. Lovely ground. It's got a dip in a couple of the stands, though. I don't know if you've noticed. It's it's like the way the stands... It's one I've not, it's one I've not been to. Never been to Wolves. No. Well, we need um, to go there then as well. Yeah, we'll do it on the on the Notts County away, though. Graham Ied mentions the new camp, Barcelona, which I... Mm. Um, Lovely. He's, he likes it for the atmosphere and the experience. Um, he don't, worst, he doesn't like Bristol Rovers. I thought it was quite a nice little ground. The, uh, oh, the, was, Rovers. Is that Twerton Park right now? Is it? No, Rovers is uh, Ru- Rovers is the Mem, the Mem, mate. It's, Memorial, it's, the one we mentioned a couple one, of years you know? ago. Yeah. And I can understand why he's saying it as well, because the away end is like a tent. It's basically a tent. <laughs> they seem to have kind of like summertime event um marquees out and it's, it's an odd little ground yeah. it's an odd, odd, yeah. odd little place lovely pasty it's a controversial one for you aaron um dean brown likes the mk don's ground he yeah it shouldn't even be there mate stadium oh, mk yeah. and he don't like sellers park who does how, how dean yeah. you must those, those must be in reverse order because i'd take <laughs> Selhurst over mk any day would you would you any. um yeah, I mean, Selhurst is, is is what it is. Um, ordinary bloke likes Anfield is best worst. I've never been to Macclesfield, so I'm going to have to go right. with ordinary bloke's judgment there. Um, Grumpy Grimace, we do like a bit of grump. Yeah. Um, he likes Fratton Park, which again is an old school. Yeah, um, you can't really argue with that one. I was going to say city centre, it's in Fratton, isn't it? Just outside of, of Pompey. So, um, been there a but, few weeks ago. Yeah, nice, nice, a, a good call. He likes Griffin Park. I don't mind Griffin Park. Um, the worst, he doesn't like the new Wembley. Um, oh, I hate the new Wembley. Me too. Do, do you hate it, do you? I, I, I think it, it's, the, the part of the new Wembley is the, the polish you get of obviously, you normally going there when your team's on a bounce. And if your team wins, you're, like, it's great. The atmosphere's great. And I think with Millwall fans as well, we create a great atmosphere anyway, so we make up for it. But on TV in the stadium it's just awful it just looks rubbish for me like it just it smacks of and i i, I have this a bit with the rico arena i know a few people said that's quite nice and it's yeah. a nice ground but it when you're in it it you it look around and go this cold. was not built yeah. for football no this it's a cold for, feeling i know what you mean music concerts and things like that and obviously they hold multi-purpose and get the money out of them but it's not it wasn't the right people the rico arena is a great venue for gigs but it feels like the, the, it's an inconvenience that the football's there. And Wembley's the same. And you get the whole, the whole Wembley way myth and everything. Oh, like I miss the old one, mate. I miss the old one. Well, they, don't forget, they've got rid of Wembley way. You know, the ramps going up are gone. Yeah. Are gone, they? Mate. They've yeah. demolished them, yeah. Oh, right. The old Wembley was a bit overplayed. I mean, it just had, it had presence. But as, oh, a, view, as a viewing experience, lovely. it was awful. I, I can say that I've seen Diego Maradona play. He played for Argentina in the, I think it was 1980 I went there. 
But in truth, I can only say I saw his ankles because you were so low to the, the, the terracings that the, behind the goal, and I could only see people's feet running around. Really, I, I, I saw I saw Gaza score that goal at Euro '96, and oh my god, as a kid, as a six-year-old kid, wow! It when, had presence. It had presence. I the thing that. is, the thing is, Nick, I lived. Um, I lived right near Wembley. We we were one road out of sort of the Wembley parking exclusion. Right, right. And so, you know, my traditional thing when there was a game at Wembley is I come out of my house, look left, and if if the blimp was there, you remember the old Goodyear blimp? Yeah. Fly mm. above the ground. Is the blimp there? Uh, and 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 I'd go and look at it. And, you know, we'd go around sort of like the local area, go shopping or to the library or wherever. And everywhere you looked, it was always Wembley in the distance. And I remember watching it being demolished and I was genuinely gutted because it was like that thing from my childhood yeah um, you know, that was just there it was just wow i, I loved it i was, but I was the, these, these are the connections aaron i mean that, that's it's that emotional connection it's, it's it's a very hard subject to say best or worst in some ways because you get into that kind of subject and on on that um Jim Neal's picked out Old Trafford, but then that's coloured as he puts it here by the the semi final win when we went to Old yeah. Trafford. Um, I mean, I I I know you're going to be biased, Aaron Paul, but I thought yeah. um, Old Trafford is has a majesty to it because of what it is. Um, uh, Stadium wise, I was I don't remember being particularly impressed by it, in, other than the fact it's a big stadium. But you're 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 at a place where great things have happened. And I think that that possibly goes back to the older the old Wembley Stadium as well. You you have that sense of place, don't you? You know. Funny um, enough, Nick, I was reading a book on grounds um i can't remember what book it is but it's on on stadia design and in regards to old trafford i mean everyone knows how tight that away i mean i don't know if you've been in the away sort of corner there we were on the side i've not seen that yeah you you in the east end i mean the the bottom decks of of old trafford have been crammed together so much they're basically the minimum legal limit of like leg room (laughs) you know it is a very uncomfortable sort of ride for a lot of people the fact is that obviously with the club ownership at the moment, it is in it's not in the best of states. You know, it what needs I mean? a bit of a revamp, doesn't it? It needs lick up in, lick up in, lick up in, as O'Reilly mm. said in Forty Towers. You know, um, <laughs> but you know, there for me again, there's something about it when I see it. I just, you know, you know, Swedish house mafia said goosebumps never lie. When you get goosebumps, don't know a football ground. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I'm going there on Sunday, and do you know what? I can't sleep. I'm that excited. I'm going there Sunday. I'm so excited. It is. It is one of those places, like you say, Nick. It's the the fact of what has happened there. It's a bit. Yeah. Like, it's uh, that. Yeah. For, for cricket fans, I've been. I've you know, I, I've you watch cricket games at the Oval. You see, like see an England Test at the Oval, and it's great. But if you go to Lords, it's a different atmosphere. It has majesty, you know, it is, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah it's that whole thing of being. Oh, I'm at the home of cricket. Like it's got. Manchester is such a long-established club, and such a successful club that it does have that. Places like that get this whole mystique about them that it just kind of oozes off of it. And especially if you're going as a neutral or as a as a lover of football, as a lover of sport, you're going to appreciate that. I'm going to whip through a few of the other names because it's too many to, to really read them all out. But a uh, big thank you, Nick Winter. And on Instagram, Scott for Jenny, who hated uh, Man at the Manor Ground in Oxford. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting choice. Uh, Craig Jones liked Old Trafford. Worst was the uh, the With Dean Stadium for Craig. And I'm going to back that because that was a fucking horrible ground. That was that athletic stadium that Brighton played at when they were, were in their homeless state. Um, and that was, um, that was always a, a rough experience. It always seemed to rain whenever we went down there as well. That was, a, that was a thing. He's also mentions the uh, the West Ham Stadium, the, the London Stadium. A few votes for Old Trafford, W14 Lion, 
Um, Doug Hume mentions uh, Yeovil as a, as, as a uh, that, that, that is a that is a grim little stadium in some ways. I remember uh, he was yeah the, um, it's in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Or like to get to, I think Jewish Park like. Oh mate, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> so thank you, Doug. One I want to mention, Christopher Robertson, that's from Facebook, who mentions a great stadium. I doubt either of you two would have been to it. it was the the Dell in Southampton? Yes. Which was, have you been to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw you up in the uh, the league there on Easter Saturday, two thousand and one. Um, very right. odd little ground, wasn't it? I mean, it had that one stand which was sort of cut in half at the back. Yeah, and the, the kind of falling, the, the kind of state state staggered terracing up the other end. Converted yeah. to see it was terracing at one point. Very odd ground. In its favour, it was it was a city centre ground, and um, it had character, didn't it? Um, whether that's whether that's better than the St Mary's Stadium, I don't know. I can understand why they moved, but um, I don't have any strong bad feelings about the Dell. Um, Simon Fay mentions Main Road at Manchester, um, just for the oh, walk what through, a ground, yeah, because he liked the walk through Moss Side. <laughs> the walk, the walk to a ground, and yeah. the centre grounds, I think, get are great because it's. Uh, there's like things are happening around it, like you're saying with Wembley, Aaron. Like it's there, and you can see it. But but main road, I mean, Nick, you'll remember the the, the Kipax. What the Kipax, an awful yeah. stand! Yeah, yeah. It was such a mishmash of stands. Um, you but know, again, proper football ground, Aaron, wasn't it? You know, it was. It was yeah, it had presence. You know, yeah, you had um, the Gene Kelly stand in one corner as well. <laughs> A um, couple of votes here for Old Trafford again. Mr. HK, but picks out of his worst. He's gone for Roots Hall in South End. Oh, that's uh, a bad, yeah. It that's is a bad stadium. That doesn't have much going for it, I must say. Um, Robbie Temple picks out Luton worst, best Old Trafford. Graham McMahon likes Hearts, Tyne Castle Park. I, I've not been Just to Tom. Hearts. I've, um, I've been to been to Celtics grounds. Um, and I've been to Hamden Park to watch Queen's Park play on one occasion. That was an interesting experience. Um, and finally, uh, to wrap us up, H at the Barnaby says it will sound stupid, but I think this probably sums up everything that both of you two boys have said. It sounds stupid, but he loved Ninian Park. Um, A lot of people have said that, you know. I mean, yeah. I think Atmosphere. Rio said it's the, the toughest ground he ever played at. Uh, played at. Yeah, um, it was a tough... I mean, the, the total change of personality for Cardiff City, but a trip to Ninian Park was not for the faint-hearted younger listeners, I can tell you that much. But the atmosphere, was it a bit of proper football ground atmosphere? And you knew you were in for a battle there. Cardiff City, very similar club in many respects to Millwall. Mm-hmm. Um, but to close us, um, H. The Barnaby picks out MK Don's ground as the worst. It says it's like visiting the cinema. Is, uh, so we'll close there. There's, there's a contrast. Nin, the old Ninian Park, uh, to the MK Dons Stadium. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a contrast. So great yeah. section. Thank you to everyone who replied. Yeah, thank if, you. If I've missed anyone, I apologise. Loads Bre- and loads brilliant of Brilliant topic as well, Nick. Well done, pal. Well yeah. done. Uh, you, you can get much. in touch with us as well. ActingMillwall at gmail.com. What's the number as well, Nick? The old WhatsApp. Uh, phone number is 0208 144 Leave us a voicemail. 0208-144-0232. I will not answer the phone. It won't be me you talk to if, that, if that's a problem for anyone. It'll be a voicemail. So just go straight through to a voicemail and you can tell yeah. us your best or your worst ground and why. And feel yeah. free to, um, you know, feel feel free to 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 uh, use any reason you like you'd like and why you there don't. You have it. Leave, like it. Leave, 
leave us a voicemail. Leave us yeah, a voicemail. Yeah, do, uh, do, do, do. Um, I can't make Wigan, unfortunately, Saturday. Um, yeah, and it's not going to be on stream either, so I'm going to have to follow it on Twitter. Um, I did a, a little thing with the, the, the Wigan podcast, which is called Unity Through Progress, if anyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it, so, it sounds like, you know, like a, a workers' party, you know, like, a, a, yeah. you, you know, it's like, you know, the, re, the, 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 the bread makers revolution party or something. Or a Masonic, a Masonic Lodge or something. But yeah. anyway, um, I said, I, I thought the, we, we drew two each with Wigan at the Den earlier this season. I thought they weren't a bad side going forwards, but clearly they've got issues in defence. So I'm hoping that with our newfound steel and iron running for our team that we can keep them out and create enough chances to get at least one or two goals. So I'm going to go for a win Saturday. I'm going to go for a Millwall win by two goals to nil. What about you, Ron? Yeah, I would... Um... Mirror that, I think. I think the, the home game we played into their hands a bit. I think we went Smith up top and knocked it long to a team that are quite happy to defend directly. So um, they're good at home, but I think two nil, one maybe another one nil, two nil. I think will be a. I think there'll be it'll be a mature performance and just get wrapping up three points on the road. I think before we take Birmingham at home. So big, yeah, big game. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, I'm going for Wigan Athletic one, Millwall two. Oh. Yeah. Optimism reigns all round. Let's let's well, see how it goes. It does indeed. Um, is that our start? No, we're done, boys. We're done. Thank Big much. thank you. Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, for tuning in. This one will be available pretty soon, hopefully, if Nick pulls his finger out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right on it. I'm right on it. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Hope you have a safe trip up to uh, the Needle. Will you stay? And if you see Dave Wheeler, dear Wheeler, did you? Uh, <laughs> Ask him when he broke his leg and if it was in a cup <laughs> final. Yeah, if, you see, if you bump into him, you might around the ground. You know, he doesn't like to talk about it, does he? No, he's not <laughs> Uncle Albert and the war. <laughs> he is literally like Uncle Albert and the war. Uh, he don't like to talk about it, but dear Wheeland. Um, but yeah, uh, have a safe trip and uh, enjoy the game. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Bye, Bye for now. <laughs>
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.